and welcome to episode three of the Up and Down Under podcast, an NBA podcast brought to you by three very, very average basketballers from Australia. I'm your host, Curtis, and joining me as always is our Raptors aficionado, James. What's going on? And our certified Nick Young, aka Swaggy P superfan, Joey. Yo! <laughs> um, we just wanted to start off this episode with a really, really big thank you to all of our listeners so far. We really appreciate all the support you guys have given us. Um, we've received a fair few messages um, via, you know, Instagram, Facebook Messenger, etc. Just heaps of feedback, um, and we really, really appreciate all of that. We want to take that all into account. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else to say about that? Because we're we're just like super, super grateful because we've got randomly have listeners in like New Zealand. I think there's probably one person in New Zealand who's listened to the podcast, and maybe two or three in the US. Like that's like beyond our, you know, whatever our expectations were going into this. I think. That's well and truly exceeded them. So we're just kind of stoked. So we just want to say a really big thank you to everyone. Yeah, massive shout out to to all the fans uh, getting on board early. I really appreciate all the messages everyone sent, all the suggestions and the feedback. And it's just it's been huge. Like for us, we didn't necessarily think it would take off as quick as it has. So thank, thanks, everyone. We even appreciate the slander. Just putting yeah. that out there as well. Constructive criticism here for it. Yeah. Um, also, the pod is now officially on Apple Podcasts. So uh, if you guys are comfortable doing so um even if you don't use apple necessarily we'd really love if you could give us a rating on apple podcasts because that's uh super helpful in regards to uh the algorithm and such and getting the podcast out there um and if it helps at all if you don't like sam newman he's apparently number one right now on the sports australian podcast chart so we're hunting him down we're going for that number one spot even though you know we'll we'll see how that goes we'll see how that goes smash that five star rating yeah yes please would really appreciate that um, to start off this episode, we're going to introduce yes another new segment. We're calling this um, the Trevor Ariza game, and this name is definitely open um, to changes and open to suggestions from our audience. So the idea basically is um, whenever we play this game, we're going to have a host. So today, today that'll be me. Um, and what I'm going to do is I've got five mystery players. So with each player, I'm going to start introducing hints, clues from their career um, in chronological order. And as I go, at any point, Joey or James can butt in and suggest who they think it is. If they're correct, they get a point. If not, if, for example, James guesses incorrectly, I will let Joey have a free guess. If they're both wrong, then we'll continue with the hints until someone gets it right. Um, and then, yeah, so best out of five. And we'll see how we go. Are you, are you boys ready? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How are you, sir? <laughs> okay. So... Player number one. This player was drafted in 2008 with the 24th pick by the Seattle Supersonics. They played in Oklahoma City for uh, till 2016. Buzz, James. Okay, Westbrook? James, yeah. Westbrook? Yeah. Incorrect. Oh, oh. 24th pick, James. Yeah, I don't know why I, why I said Westbrook. I think he's just... Yeah, no, just ignore me. That's all right. Play on. Joey, you have a free pick before I continue with the hints. Do you have um, any thoughts yet? Or? I think I'm just going to pass the pick. I honestly don't know. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, Delete the segment. <laughs> <laughs> great start to this segment. We're going so well. Um, immediately, James, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to reiterate. Um, this is also for the listeners at home, if you guys want to play along. If you are screaming into your mics, not mics, you know, whatever, wherever you're listening from, you're being like, oh, this is so-and-so, um, please feel free to message us and be like, James, that was really, really dumb. 
Yeah. Um, continuing from there, 2016, <laughs> he was traded to the Orlando Magic, where he played one season, where he was then traded to the Toronto Raptors, where he played until 2020. The 2019-2020 season was a champion with the Raptors. Oh, I know who it is. And then played Surge. with the Search. There you go. Yeah, all right. Point one goes to James O'Dwyer. Extra embarrassing. Oh, does that still count? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, we'll count it. We'll count it. Because I think after both get it wrong, we'll just kind of continue. And then... You say who yeah. it was? Sergi Barker. Oh. Was he drafted by the Sonics? Well, yeah, because they became the Thunder. Yeah, right. I don't think, yeah, he didn't play that. Like, it went straight no, to the Thunder sorry, he never season, really yeah. played for the Sonics, but technically he was drafted was that, by the Okay, I've just realised I might have made these ones way too hard. Then we'll see how we go. We'll play on. No, I'm just um, really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, second player. So this player was drafted in 2014. Second round, pick nine by the Philadelphia 76ers. Where's the number nine? Uh, so, yep. Was that Michael Carter-Williams? Incorrect. Oh, God. James? Good start. Um, who was it? 2014. Where's number nine? Sixes. Um, can you keep going? I can keep going. Yeah, um, I don't have it right now. I okay. think I have an idea, but yeah. All right, all right. Um, so played for the Sixers um, till the 2016-17 season, during which um, this individual was traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder, where they played for three seasons. Um, I'll say, I can tell you how many points they averaged. I can find it. Points, um, the highest point total for OKC was 13.62. The following season was traded to the Denver Nuggets. Ah, oh, Buzz. Yep. Jeremy Grant. Bang. All right, that's two for James. Damn. <laughs> Redemption. All right. Third player. All right. So this individual did not know that it was their number. Um, they were drafted in 2012 with the 10th pick by the New Orleans Pelicans. Anything so far? I'll continue. Um, played in New Orleans till 2013-2014. Sorry, incorrectly. Incorrect. Uh, wrong there. 2014-2015, where they were then traded to the LA Clippers, where they played for a total of four seasons. I'll also mention this player played for Duke and has a father who was a previous NBA player. Mm. <laughs> I made these way too hard. <laughs> no, you haven't. You haven't. This is a good one. Um, I have an so, idea. I don't want to. I need more clues. Okay, I'll continue. Um, so played for the Clippers and was then, uh, then in the 18-19 season, played for the Houston Rockets. Buzz? Yep. Is it Eric Gordon? No, no. Went, Eric was yeah. traded before. Eric Gordon played for the Clippers till like 2012. He was in the Chris Paul trade. Mm, yeah, and he played longer for Pels. I'm trying to think, yeah. though. Yeah. So this person was a like a rookie at the Pelicans. Same draft year as Anthony Davis, if that helps. So was it Pels? They've gone to the Pels clips, and then who are they? Where are they? Where are they? Rockets? Um, so I didn't actually remember this, but they must have gone to the Wizards first for a very brief stint, and then to the Rockets. This year, this year they played for the Knicks and then the Denver Nuggets. Oh, I am blanking. Shooting guard from Duke. 
If you guys have nothing, I think I might reveal this one. Jerry, are you tapping out? Um, <laughs> is there any other clues you can give us? Um, six four shooting guard from currently playing for the Denver Nuggets. Father's name. Father is the coach of the. Oh, Buzz. Wait. <laughs> coach of the. Oh, no, I think this is pretty wrong. Is this? Is it Rivers? Yeah, Austin Rivers. Yeah. 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 I think so. The coach was a dead giveaway, but for some reason, like the track history had thrown me off that it was. I, I should have mentioned that earlier when we were struggling, but I thought I'll kind of keep it. Uh, I'll just keep going, see if you guys can pick it. It's turning into an embarrassing segment. Mate, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're sweeping me, James, so far. I technically already won. <laughs> the listeners at home have probably figured out well and truly before you guys did. They're going to be starting their um, own podcast now. <laughs> uh, okay, these. Last two are going to be tricky, so we'll see. Okay, so this player is a forward, picked number eight in 2010 by the Los Angeles Clippers, played for the Clippers for one year, was then traded to the Pelicans. So this person was in the Chris Paul trade. All right, played for the Pelicans for three years, um, then Dallas for a year, probably well known for his stint in Portland, where he played for four years from 2015 to 2019. Um, known as a defensive player, really can't shoot the ball all that well, um, has averaged for his career 33% from three, then played in Orlando uh, in the 2019-20 season and the 2020-2021 season, so basically the last two seasons, and then had a short stint in Chicago as well. Are they uh, currently still in the league? They currently are on the Spurs, yeah. I did not... Kind of had a brief idea of that, but like not definitely helped that it's in front of me. <laughs> How long did they play at Orlando? Sorry. Orlando was um, the 2019-20 season and then 2020-2021. Buzz? Yeah. Is it Alfred Gamenu? Hey, Joey. Hey, on the board. <laughs> I was thinking that, but I wasn't sure if he'd been in the league for that long. That was yeah, the only... He was yeah, um, good, good same good draft class as John Wall and Evan Turner and DeMarcus Cousins. I was the eighth overall pick. Damn, Yeah, he was board. very... I, I remember playing... Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, like, 2K11, you had to play some league as in my player. And you'd be matched up against, you know, John Wall and Alfred Camino, and they'd torture you because you were, like, 50 overall. Anyway, final player... Um, he was drafted in 2013 but, uh, by the Chicago Bulls with a 20th pick and played in Chicago for three seasons before moving to Milwaukee where he played for three seasons as well. Um, this player, uh, before I continue with his teams, I'll say he was incredibly notable for having a 0-0-0-0-0 game. Oh, Buzz. Oh. now. Yeah, bang. Well done. I knew it. You just got there the first. The cardio game. <laughs> there you go. How come my fifth one, which I was expecting to be the hardest, was just done rapidly? I think everyone knows the zero zero zero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well Absolutely done. So that's iconic. a four-one win to to James today. Should have uh, got negative points for that first one, though. I tell you. <laughs> we will. Um, if you guys like this segment, please let us know. We'll bring it back. I think it's a lot of fun for us, but hopefully. Maybe I just made him a bit too rogue this time around. We'll see how we go. Just, yeah, we'd love any feedback on that. Uh, and name have... suggestions, please. Uh, yes, yes. we're really struggling for this one. 
It's currently called the Trevor Eraser game purely because he's been just he's a bit of a journeyman himself. So we thought it'd be a fun little name there. But yeah, head to a quick break and uh, we'll be back in a sec. Okay, so the first basketball segment that we're going to begin with today is the Eric Bledsoe I Don't Want to Be Here segment, which is basically covering any players that, uh, any trade rumours and such. So today we're going to be focusing on the one and only Ben Simmons, um, current Philadelphia 76er, probably for not much longer. We've got a quote from the Ben Simmons camp saying that he no longer wants to be a sixer and does not intend to report to training camp, which is a bit juicy. So I think first Thing that we probably want to discuss is what do we think his true value actually is right now i'm going to hand off to james what do you reckon well obviously like after the playoffs it's, it's lowest that it's ever been um i think like i've been a pretty pretty vocal critic of simmons in the, the last few years because obviously like the philly play in the same division so we see them a lot and and like being an aussie you sort of want to support him but like it's just been heavily flawed for too long and i've often been of the opinion that he's not a point guard and that he's just someone that he's like a playmaking power forward. It's the best way I put it. Like his vision is really good, but like the things that you need a point guard to do, which is set the tone, um, create, you know, something from nothing, which is often like really like a critical skill in the playoffs. He doesn't do those things that you see the other good point guards do. Shout out Kyle Lowry. So like in these situation, in the situation right now, I think that like his true value is it's, it's just, it's shocking because he can't, He's paid max money, right? So, you know, you have to start with that. Any team that's, that's got to get him has to match that and send back equal value. He can't... We've just seen him be played off the floor in the playoffs, right? Who's And he's meant to be your point guard who can't play make in the half court in five-on-five settings. So I think, like, in terms of what you could... Like, his true value, like, honestly, Mori would be lucky to get back any sort of all-star level for him player right now. So at the moment, I think it's going to be role players and picks. I just like, that's where I'm at, to be honest. I don't think he's a point guard. He needs to accept that playmaking power forward role. If you know, like obviously like a hyper drama, which we've talked about before, because he just can't be your initiator. Like, I don't think he's played alongside a proper point guard the entire stint in Philly. Like they need, if he's going to stay there and they can't find a package, they need a proper point guard. Are you to saying at least see what that looks like. Are you saying that he shouldn't be running the point guard, James? A hundred percent. Yeah. He is can that even handle. a hot take? Is that even a hot take at this point? <laughs> I think it's, that's like a mild take. But like it, should, it should have been the, the correct take for like, I don't know why it's taken this long for people to see that. Like anytime it's not in the fast break situation, he's playmaking just isn't on the level of other guys. And you can't call someone like that a point guard. Like when we talk about what a point guard does, it's not just passing. Like there's so much to it. And like, yeah, uh, that's that's my take on it. Like, what what what's I don't opinion? I don't think that's his fault though. In all honesty, because I think it comes from like the media perception of it all. Because when he came in, he was LeBron James, he was Magic Johnson. Those were the comps. Like, once you have those comps, you can't really go backwards from that. Like, the expectations are set so high that if he doesn't reach, I don't know, eighty percent of that, it becomes like a poor man's LeBron James, a poor man's Magic Johnson, which is still an elite elite player. Um, that's kind of the expectations have been set. Like they, they looked at him as though he was someone that could handle the ball um, in the half court and take and run a team. And I think another problem that kind of went his way is in this. Do you guys remember at that same time, maybe not, sorry, not the exact same time, but when Jason Kidd was coaching the Bucks, he was talking about running like Giannis at the point. 
like that was a thing that he was kind of trying to prioritize and help develop Giannis' skill set. So I think it was a really bit, it was like a bit of a trend at the time where you want to have that, you know, that young player who's the big, probably should be a forward, but develop those like ball handling skills, get them to um, run the team. And it just kind of, I think it's just been putting too much pressure on him almost. Like if he wasn't comped with those guys coming in, do we think he would have just been better? I don't know. I think that's kind of where I sit. Because um, it's partially like you have that burden of expectation. It just becomes too much. Like, yeah, James, what do you reckon? I think that, like, like he's got to obviously take responsibility at some point. Like, if he doesn't want to play point guard somewhere along the line, whether it's in college or now, he should have said, like, I'll get me another point guard that I can play alongside. Because I think part of it is hit his camp and, like, his, um, you know, group has sold Ben Simmons as his point guard. And, like, like you're saying with Jason Kidd and Giannis, like playmaking wings for the last five or six years or so have been like the future. Like you've got to have that guy that can do a bit of everything. You've got like Luca now, obviously like Tatum's even trying to do a bit of that. But I think like the thing that hurts Simmons is he doesn't even have those like scoring tools. Well, he has the tools, but he just hasn't put it together. Like he doesn't have that many post moves and like, he doesn't obviously have the shooting, which has been the biggest criticism. So he's meant to, like, he's got the, you know, the prototype of that, that future player with like, you know, the, the um the wing the body the defense all that sort of stuff but like without those other tools that the other guys have he's so limited and i think he needs someone else to create the offense for him and they can be within that system rather than being the initiator initiator all the time so yeah what do you think joey all right so the thing is with ben for me is yeah he needs it he, he probably needs a change of um team to unlock his potential because if you look at his numbers across the board since he's come into the league, it's been basically the same. He puts up the same points, rebounds, assists, and he hasn't. The, the biggest um, caution for me is he hasn't improved the free throw percentage, and he hasn't even attempted to make strides with his jump shot. So, yeah, if he if he does get dealt, then maybe he does move to the power forward, like James is saying, and they build around that. Or I'm I'm not sure at this point. I just feel bad for him almost because it seems like a lot of his issues are mental um, and it's just all down to a lack of confidence. Uh, I've heard a lot of stories um, in terms of whether that's on podcasts or just reading where it seems like he's a perfectionist where if he can't shoot 40% from three, his logic it's a flawed logic, certainly. Like, But where he comes from is if I can't shoot 45% from three, 40% from three, why bother? If I'm only going to make 33%, why bother? But the problem with that is like, with 33%, you're going to get respect from the defense and you're going to, it's going to open up so many lanes for you to, to attack and to play make. So I think that's like, I don't know, part of it as well. I, I do feel quite bad in the sense that, especially now, it's almost gone too far to the point where it's like his, his, his actual value um, around the league seemingly is not like it's non existent when he's much, much better than um, what is perceived as. Because um, he's still like a defensive player of the year candidate. He's still, one of the best transition players in the league. He's still um, a force attacking the rim. You know, like there are so many positives to his game. But I think let's let's quickly uh, let's move on from this uh, more, I guess, philosophical discussion on Ben Simmons's value. But let's get into some trade ideas. So I think the more the most popular one going around is, uh, I'm sure the one that Philly fans and Daryl Murray is going for is something with the Portland Trailblazers. Ideally, Dame. Um, which I think is currently looking quite unlikely given the kind of offers that Philly have been receiving. So I guess whether 
CJ becomes the more CJ McCollum becomes a more realistic option. Um, I think what Philly needs the most is someone who's a bit like who they lost in Jimmy Butler, someone who can initiate offense. Ideally, someone who can shoot. So like an upgraded version of Seth Curry, you know. And CJ McCollum is certainly an upgraded version of Seth Curry. CJ had an absolutely like amazing start to last year. I think he was averaging like I might be getting this wrong. It was either seven three pointers made a game or like sorry maybe like five he that. was taking seven you couldn't be that many so it couldn't be seven but as in like he was he making three and a half or something like it was sorry like, yeah maybe it was three and a half out of seven like he was attempting like seven or eight a game or something like that's what it was sorry yeah he wasn't making seven um but yeah he was hot he was hot to start the year and he was almost like a lock to be an all-star and then he had his injury and it all kind of just fell apart because he'd only played like 20 games um but could that be something that the Sixers look at and say, hey, like if we can get this version of CJ McGon, he seems like a very mature person. I don't know if you guys ever listened to his podcast, but he's um, very switched on, clearly very hardworking, a massive under, underdog. Like um, he, he was on JJ Reddick's podcast and he was talking about how in high school he was like 5'2". There's a really funny picture of him, like a yeah. 5'2", CJ McCollum, swarmed Crazy. by like 6'6 <laughs> six, six dudes. And he's just like, it looks like Alan Iverson if Alan Iverson was <laughs> half his size. You know what I mean? Like, like um this tiny tiny little dude just dribbling around guys and yeah he's, he's he's a bucket getter like there's nothing else to say about him um what do you guys james do you have any thoughts on this portland trade yeah i think like given that portland as well are fairly very set on running it back with the team that they they think that the upgrades that they've made are going to like you know push the needle but like we sort of said obviously simmons value is like really low at the moment so like if Philly are going to trade him, they need to kind of accept like they've they've lost this trade already. In from their point of view, like they're not going to get back someone. Like they're probably not going to get Dame. And if they do get CJ, it's like he doesn't boost them straight up to the Nets and the Bucks level. Do you know what I mean? Like they're going to have yeah. to accept that yeah. they're not the contender that they felt like they were last year. And that's okay. But like I've even heard some discussions where it's like, do they even go for picks and sort of set themselves back a little bit? more but it's like you can't do that when you've got Embiid like or no. else like they've got to they've got to go for it now and I think that's the frustration that like you know if say CJ's the best player that they can get as good as he is you know like if, you, if Simmons is going out then you lose that um, defensive talent um, and, and CJ can get you a bucket but they still don't have a playmaker you know they still don't have they're still missing that you know re- truly elite playmaker to unlock um, and be late game situations because it's hard to play through the post late game when you need when it slows down it's five on five. So, and if I fairness, think, CJ isn't that playmaker either. No, he's not, and he can like he's a bit of a combo guard. He's got a bit of both. Yeah, yeah but like again, like his true like purpose on the court is to get buckets, and he gets buckets. But like you know, it, it's it's just tough. Um, what do you think, Joey, in, in terms of Portland? Yeah, I think if the Portland deal gets done with CJ. Um, I can see Dame and and Ben working well together. That's a first. I mean, they've brought in Larry Nance, Larry Nance, but obviously Ben will replace that position at the power forward, and maybe we'll see him at the power forward like you wanted to see James, and he can increase his value again. Nice change. And show yeah, and show what um he's capable of. I think the other flip side to this, sorry, touch back on what we were talking about before, is like. What if the um, trade doesn't go through? Like, what if the 76ers want to hold on to Simmons? Do you think that's a um, even an option at this point, or is he definitely on the move? I think that, like, it's something they've got to consider. Like, Maury's being really stubborn about not 
like he wants a certain package back and he's not going to accept anything less than that based on what we've seen in the reports. So I think if Simmons does um, stay, it's going to get really toxic. Like, like don't see them having the success they had last year. Like Embiid put out a tweet during the week to say like, you know, he loves Benz and the fans have got to, like, I think be, I think he said something like the fans have got to be um, responsible as well and not be critical. And the comments were just full of all the, full of all the Philly fans saying like, nah, Ben just should have dunked that. Um, so I think he's got to say that though. He's got to yeah, say um, and I also saw something that's like, um, Maury's come to Embiid and been like, hey, uh, Joel, so like this is actually what the realistic offers are at the moment. And Embiid sees it and goes, hmm, no, we want to keep Ben. So then he puts out that tweet. Um, so, <laughs> kind, of, kind of funny from that point of view. But I think they've, I think if like it's all, it could all be like smoke and mirrors and we don't actually know. We're not, you know, inside that circle, but it does sound like it's an irreparable, you know. It's like they finished as the one seed last year. And, the, I mean, if Ben doesn't have those, like, hiccups, which I'm not sure if he can, like, maybe he can recover from. And if they ran it back again and they got to that position, he would, you know, take a shot in the fourth quarter. But Got to dunk the ball, man. I mean. Just dunk the ball. Yeah. They did finish. Yeah, the, dunk the ball. I mean, it shows that they can get dubs with it. Um, is it playoff? Um are they going to be able to withstand that in the playoffs? I'm not sure, but yeah, I guess he's I on guess the- going back to the Portland thing quickly as well. Like, does it really make that much sense for Portland to get Simmons unless they like completely blow it up? Because they haven't really done a good job this offseason, in my opinion, of retooling and kind of resetting for this upcoming season with with Damon CJ. And obviously, um, we talked about sorry, not obviously, but last year, uh, last podcast we talked about this. We talked about them getting Marion Ants, and it seems like. On the defensive end of the ball, anyway, like Larry Nance and Simmons have, like they're they're a similar similar prototype, in that they're like a switchable. I think what we ideally see Simmons as is as almost like a switchable big, a bit like Larry Nance, but Larry Nance shoots it better as well. Um, obviously Ben Simmons is a far superior player, but with say you kept Dame and you traded CJ, because then does that team make sense? You have Dame, Simmons, Larry Nance, Nurkic, um, who am I forgetting? But, no, Covington, like those are three of those dudes are six, ten, six, nine forwards that aren't elite shooters and kind of all do their best work on the defensive side of the ball. And obviously, Simmons brings a bit of playmaking as well, but yeah, it's a bit it of doesn't really make sense then. Yeah, so like, unless you're deciding to fully blow it up, because uh, then, yeah, once again, all the offensive onus and pressure is all on Dame. So that doesn't really seem right from a Portland perspective either. So I think it's, yeah, it's tricky to get the right kind of balance there. Um, I think let's move on um, to the next team, the Timberwolves. There's been a lot of talk about the Timberwolves for Simmons, uh, being in for Simmons. And it doesn't, I think once again, this is very puzzling to us because um, I like the logical trade target and his value has gone down a lot is D'Angelo Russell because um, he'd be able to kind of fill that playmaking combo guard role that we've kind of spoken about that Philly really need. But one, D'Angelo Russell's value has gone down tremendously since his all-star year in Brooklyn. Um, He's not a particularly elite shooter either. Um, Quite good in the pick and roll, good in the mid-range, but not a great defender either. So it just seems like, once again, not a great fit. And anything that um, Philadelphia probably wants from the Timberwolves, you're not not getting. Like, you're obviously not going to get Anthony Edwards for Simmons. That doesn't make any sense. Um, Malik Beasley doesn't sound super enticing either. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on this supposed Timberwolves deal? 
Um, I think, like, the Wolves have probably, like, want to start going into win-now mode. Like, again, not really the time to do it in the summit competitors, but, like, Cat's been quite good for a while now. If Ant gets better than he was last year, you know, he'll be a real threat. So they don't want to lose either of those two. But in terms of, like, what they, you know, have to give, it would really just be, like, I don't know their cap situation and, like, how many picks they have too much, to be honest. But, like like you said, Russell's going to have to be going out. And, again, similar thing to CJ. Like, obviously, I think CJ's a bit um, better than Russell, but doesn't really push the needle like Philly are going to want because they're accustomed to, like Joey said before, winning. Like, they were first seed last year. They got really close in 2019. Like, they're accustomed to winning. And, like, whatever trade they make, it's going to set them back because of the fact that they're not going to be able to get back that, you know, all-star level player. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, but I do think that that the Wolves seem to be the team that's most keen on Simmons too, because I think like him and him and Cat are mates like outside of playing on the court. I think they play Warzone together or something. Yeah, they do. But <laughs> <laughs> fair amount of uh, PlayStation together. But like, I think um, they're the team that's going to keep pursuing. They've obviously, if as long as they don't like get rid of Cat or Ant, they've got. Um, they're sort of probably willing to just test the waters and see what happens more so than the other teams that are on the border of contending and you know they don't want to set themselves back either whereas the wolves can only really go up from here as long as they don't get rid of cat and ant so yeah do you have any more thoughts on that joey uh yeah i agree i don't think the wolves can like lose if they did trade d'angelo for ben but it doesn't really make sense at all i mean like d'angelo would be going to philly and that's not exactly what i what they need in my opinion yeah it's just kind 100%. of one of those where it just doesn't really make sense but it they s- seem to be the most likely destination at the moment um in terms of just the rumors that are kind of floating around uh one that um i think um bill simmons mentioned this on one of his podcasts trading uh ben simmons for zach levine to the bulls right do you guys have any thoughts on that i i personally um it would be Interesting, but I don't see the vision either in the sense that um, Levine is by far their best shooter, right? So if we run through that trade, hypothetically, you'd end up with a combination of Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, DeMar DeRozan, Ben Simmons, Patrick Williams, and Nikola Vucevic. Like five of those six would be your starting lineup, right? And yeah, we like Zoe's, uh, Lonzo Ball's gotten a lot better with his shooting, but he's still not a terrific shooter, like as in, in terms of like, He's not on the level of Zach Levine. Um, Vooch is a good shooter for a centre, but you know what I mean? I think there's not very many... Uh, like, DeMar Rosen's not a shooter at all. Caruso's spotty. Um, so, immediately, there becomes an issue with their spacing. Joey, what do you think? Yeah, exactly. They they already question... There's already question marks whether the spacing's going to work in Chicago as it is. So, bringing in Ben's not going to help that issue at all. Yeah. And... I think the perks of having him in would be that they'd be a really, really fun transition team because then you could have, like, DeMar running the wings, Caruso running the wings, Zoe, and um, Ben Simmons as those, like, outlets. Um, sorry, out, out, um, outlet passes. And also, like, you could also then have Ben Simmons as an outlet. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what do you think, James? It would certainly be, like, a defensive upgrade. Like, in over, like obviously, Levine, like, he, Simmons would be better on that end, but I think they wouldn't do that until they've seen how this roster shakes up. Do you know what I mean? Like, this would have to be a mid-season one, I think, yeah. and this would have to be a scenario where Philly don't like any of the offers on the table 
and hold on to Simmons and then hope that his value doesn't even get any lower. So, um, but it, it would be fun, but I also think this Bulls team's going to be kind of fun, like, Regardless. anyway. So let's just, yeah. like, see it's how it goes. the most exciting. Yeah, people have yeah. been about the Bulls for ages. Nice to have them back in the conversation. Yeah. That was seventh yeah, yeah. seed. <laughs> <laughs> Shout um, out episode one. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah exactly. It's another one of those like by giving up Levine, you're giving up so much on offense that yeah, you'd be a fantastic defensive team, but it's almost not. You still lose more than you gain. Mm. It's yeah. a yeah. It doesn't make much. I I think funny enough, the theme of all of these trades so far, um, we've got a couple more teams to run through, but it seems like the fit with all of them doesn't make sense. And I think it's more of an indictment on Ben Simmons, unfortunately, that he doesn't fit in many teams. Because no. the fact of the matter is, um, he can't the shoot. skills. Yeah, he can't shoot, and it's it's really really tough to build a team around a franchise player that doesn't shoot the ball. Um, and he has not completely un- a complete unwillingness to even attempt shots. So I think, like you were saying, James, before, if he goes back to Philly and doesn't start shooting threes from game one, like his value tanks even more. The Philly fans will riot. Like that'll be yeah, like you said, toxic, toxic, toxic. Yeah, like this is a, a max, play, like paid player who's meant to be playing point guard that couldn't be played in the fourth quarter. Your point guard can't play in the fourth quarter. Like just that's absurd if you think about any other max. It's like Chris Paul shooting off and the all finals. You, yeah, hundred like, million bucks, and you just want them to shoot the ball. Like surely, I know. Like you said, Curtis, at the start, if he just shoots, like it doesn't have to be a high clip. Just like uh, like a high percentage clip, just get the ball up there, make them respect you, and then that will open up the playmaking avenues as well. Like he, it's just hurting his teammates. Like uh, you just you can just see the frustration. Yeah, it's rough. It's really rough. Um, but yeah, <laughs> just I just wanted to note that it's really funny that nothing we've thought of actually is a good fit for anyone so far. Anyway, we'll move on to the Raptors. I really want to get James's opinion on this. Um, there was a rumor of a trade prior to the draft. Do you want to run through that one? Uh, it was outrageous. So um, after Maury called Masai living in La La Land after uh, what he offered for Larry in the middle of the season last year, who I think would have actually taken their team to the conference finals, like if not finals, because I think he addressed all the weaknesses, well, not all weaknesses, but the main weakness they had, the playmaking and the shooting. So they didn't take the offer. I don't actually know what we what we offered in the end, but obviously it sounded outrageous. So now Maury's come back in La La Land asking for, this was pre-draft um, and pre-Lowry signing with the Heat. He asked for Lowry, Fred, OG, and the fourth pick, which we took Scotty Barnes with, which is three starters and our, like, lottery pick, lottery, which, yeah. you know, took us a whole season in Tampa for. So, like, that's just, like, outrageous. Like, and this is this is with, Simmons' value being as low as it is. This isn't even the last season where, you know, his name was thrown around in trades for Harden. This is, like, right now when it's as low as it can get. And I don't really want Simmons on the Raptors at all. Like, I don't think he fits um, the team. This might be a bit of a game six clay hot take, but I think Pascal Siakam is, is better than Ben Simmons at everything except kind of playmaking. Um, and the no. defense is, like, obviously Simmons is better at defense, but... I think Pascal's defense is pretty underrated. Um, yeah. So I don't think that Simmons, obviously he's younger, I'm going to improve in the system, but I don't really want him on the team. We're not trying to win right now anyway. Like, And I don't think we'd have to give up OG um, or Pascal 
and they probably don't even want Pascal because he's probably a bit um, like he's probably hit his peak. Um, and I just don't think right now we've, we're sort of not in a win now mode. Uh, there's just no real reason for us to do it and it would hurt us. Like, yep. yeah. So you yeah. think that Pascal Siakam is better than Ben Simmons? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's James' first one take. Well, the... just put it this way. He uh, <laughs> was able to stay on the court for the finals and be part of the second most high-scoring duo in the finals history with Kawhi Leonard. So I'm just, you know, where Ben Simmons would be riding that bench. That's all I'm saying. So, you know, think... is that not is that not fair that he can stay no, on I the court? I think it's it's a pretty perfect hot take because on our, on our uh, spectrum of hot takes, we have Lakers the world doing at the very bottom. Then we have Lemon Pepper Lou Williams as our mild flavour. I think this slots right in very perfectly to the spicy P <laughs> level, which is a bit... Which is a bit too perfect, given we are discussing the man himself, Spicy Pete. I know so I, think, I may be dying on my own hill here, but I, I think like after watching a fair amount of both of them, and like this is again, I think Simmons is really a power forward. Um, I think that Pascal does the defense. Simmons is much better, but and the passing on the break is better. But I think Pascal's ability to play make out of the post is pretty underrated, and I think his scoring is much better, and he's not afraid to shoot the ball. So I think right now, I'd take Pascal, but I think Simmons is younger and he can get better. So yeah. And there is something to be said about having um, that finals experience and being a part of that winning culture, being part of a winning team. He knows, like, Pascal Siakam kind of strikes. He was that kind of person that will put his head down and work hard. Yeah. Um, not to say that Ben Simmons doesn't work hard, but as in he has the right attitude about him. He's shown improvement too. Like, yeah. And yeah. willingness to take the risk. He had a bad season this year. This is Siakam. And, like, I'm sure he'll bounce back next, next season. But at least he's trying things, you know, and wasn't afraid to give it a go. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, another trade. We'll move on to the next team. Um, the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets. Uh, I think the clear trade piece there would be Michael Porter Jr. But once again, it's another team that doesn't really fit because arguably for the Nuggets, Michael Porter Jr. is a better fit than Ben Simmons because when you already have um, all the playmaking runs through Nikola Jokic, that's not even a debate. And then you already have Jamal Murray as well, who has Probably he's a combo guard in the sense that he favours his scoring, but he definitely has a playmaking aspect to his game as well. So while Simmons, his defence would be far better than Michael Porter Jr., it does seem like the thing they're crying out for the most is for Michael Porter Jr. to develop a bit more and become that, you know, uh, 20 point to 25 a game score, like kind of in that frame um, where he can be a more consistent threat. And then there's definitely room for Michael Porter Jr. to upgrade, uh, to improve on his defence as well. So it just, <laughs> once again, we're struggling to find a suitable place. It, it would be very fun to have him on the Nuggets. I think in transition with Jokic, that would be really exciting. And I guess he could cover up some of Jokic's defensive um, deficiencies. Uh, that would be beneficial in a sense. But I think in general, it doesn't really make too, it doesn't really work uh, in the way that we probably want to do. Because I think Michael Porter Jr. still fits really, really well there. What do you think, Joey? Yeah, he doesn't fit at all with the Nuggets. That's <laughs> <laughs> fair. Like, this can't That's shoot. That's how it is. Hurts him. Yeah. He would ruin their spacing. He would demolish their spacing. I think I think a defensive fit with Jokic would be really interesting to see, though. Because mm. potentially cover like, Jokic isn't bad on defense, but it's like he obviously has his issues. Um, not particularly quick um, feet. Not the best uh, rim protector. And while Simmons isn't like a fantastic rim protector either, I think having, if you really 
um, have him invest in that once we've said, as we've said, that Draymond role where he can kind of float around and put out fires. That could be interesting. But yeah, um, I think another in, in a similar in a similar vein, Dallas is another fun one to toss around because you'd have that same kind of idea where you're protecting Luca with six ten Simmons who can provide that. Um, that defense, but once again, they're another team that needs a secondary ball creator. And I think today there's rumors that um, Goran Dragic is going to look to sign with them once he's been bought out by the Toronto Raptors. I don't know if so, I'm going to buy him out, to be honest. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think they're going to be very happy to say, mate, you can ride the bench because we're going to be not that great this year. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's the logical fit purely from the um, Slovenia ties mm. uh, between Dragic and, and Luca. But yeah, do you do you have any thoughts on that, Joey, in terms of the fit with Dallas? Yeah, I, I just you're saying like he could be like a defensive coverage for Luca, but I just think Ben Simmons is too good, still too good to be dumbed down as like someone who's not having the ball in their hands every possession. Um, I think like the the ideal place for him to go, in my opinion, is like somewhere where he's going to have the ball, he can run the offense, um, and he needs if if he can get the jump shot to unlock the playmaking, then there's no ceiling. Yeah. 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 Um, I. That being said, though, I guess I don't... I think as we were talking about before, he doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. And I guess at, in Dallas, you have Luca handling the ball for the majority, and then you can kind of relieve that pressure a bit by having Ben Simmons there. That's um, what I think, though. But, like, I personally would like to see him have the ball more. A bit more. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think, like, also, like, we've talked about this before but like if the shooting was there the one of the perfect situations is philly like (laughs) that like that then he can have the ball in his hands he can shoot and which opens up the floor for Embiid. like it it is like a perfect spot it's just he's hurting himself you know and like all these places we're discussing like because if he went to dallas then he could take um the wings most of the time and luca wouldn't have to chase around pretty much the majority of teams all stars which would then, you know, he'd have more energy on offense. But um, like Joey said, then he'd almost have none of the ball, which you've got to, which is the other way. Like he's too good to not have it, but he just can't be the primary in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. I think we'll move on to the next team. We have three more to cover. This one is my second favorite team in terms of, I guess, an overall fit for both teams outside of Portland. Portland clearly makes the most sense, I think. But here with the Sacramento Kings, I think there's a package to be had. Um, they've currently come out and said that they're unwilling to deal both Tyrese Halliburton and Darren Fox, which I guess fair enough. But I, personally, personally, at the end of the day, Ben Simmons, as, as as fun as Tyrese Halliburton has been in his rookie season, and you know he can certainly get better. It seems a bit ludicrous to not be willing to attach, because I think oh, I might be wrong, but I think Tyrese Halliburton is a little bit older as a rookie. I don't think he's um, like. 20 years old he might be like 22 or something maybe can someone get a producer to research that for us um yeah, get our producer in here um, <laughs> um but he's uh, 21 oh sorry no he's he's still quite young okay but still it seems a bit nonsensical for, for them to draw the line there to be like tyrus halberton is going to be the one reason why we don't deal for ben simmons who is still a defensive player of the year candidate and you know a top uh, i'm just going to put a number out there 25 20 player in the league for example right and he would make the kings better who have, and he would definitely make the kings better you know, struggled yeah. for years like they, yeah. they should be more interested in that than they probably are 
he'd be the biggest star there since like Chris Webber or something. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Demarcus Cousins, Demarcus Cousins. Yeah. But I think the package, I think that would ideally work, like be fair and work best also for Philly would be Halliburton, Heald, potentially Bagley and some picks. I think that's like, because it's not the godfather offer that the James Harden offer was or like the Anthony Davis offer was, right? Um, but it's serviceable players. Halliburton, obviously still getting better, um, can play point for the Sixers. Heald is an elite shooter, which you want around um, Joel Embiid. Just already schematically, that fits so much better than having Ben Simmons there. Um, defensively, Halliburton's pretty solid. Heald, not so much. Bagley is... I guess just you take a flyer on Bagley because that doesn't seem like they want him either. And then you take maybe two first round picks or a first round pick in addition to that. And that seems like a reasonably fair offer in the sense that you're not getting, you know, the, the, the eight first round picks, for example, that they got for Harden. It was eight. I don't remember, but like, you know, like an obscene amount of picks, you're not getting that, but you're getting something in between. I think that's a pretty good deal. I think it makes honest. sense. Doesn't it? And yeah. It, and it kind of, like works with with the Kings team to be honest like because they've they're similar to the Wolves in that aspect where it's like they can only really go up from here yeah. and they know that they've tried Bagley it hasn't really worked but they're having a sort of a tough time I guess getting rid of him um so Philly were willing to take it on but like from Philly's point of view I think Maury Maury wants back someone that will help them compete and be the first seed again you know and like that's just yeah. not going to happen and no but those two I think you could I genuinely think you could if you add in Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald Forget Bagley. Just, like, pretend he doesn't exist. But, like, Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald's one of the fourth... He's probably the fourth best shooter in the league. Like, immediately spacing-wise, the amount of attention that... Um, yeah, that's true. ...that yep. would drag away and give Joel Embiid space in the post to operate, which he already, he's proven that he can work in the post without space. He can he can go to work with, like, two people around. And he's gotten much better over the course of the past season of passing out of those um, double teams when they do come. He's not great at it, Um He's no Nikola Jokic, but he's improved a fair bit in terms of being able to um, be calm under pressure and make that pass, make that skip pass to the corner or to the wing or et cetera. Um, and if you're passing that to Buddy Heald instead of Ben Simmons, buckets. All, that's all I can say. That's And Halliburton's a good shooter, um, a smart defender, a good playmaker. Halliburton's another one that we love um, in terms of like he kind of floats. He does that Matisse Thibault thing. He like floats and like picks passes. But yeah, yes, I think. It's fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll move on to our next team now, the Warriors. There's been a lot of talk about the Warriors. I guess it would be some combination of Wiggins, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, Wiseman, and maybe a pick, like as a combination, like maybe three of those four and then a pick or something. Um, but it doesn't really seem to, like, why would the Sixers want that? No, they wouldn't want that. Um, yeah. Warriors' young talent's actually really good. Um, oh, I love yeah. and. And then Wiseman, he's a unicorn. But yeah, it just doesn't make sense for the Sixers who don't want to waste Embiid's prime. Exactly. Um, yeah, um, that's what it's about. about. Yeah. And the best prospect there is Wiseman, probably. And he's also a center. So, like, there's no fit there on the court with Embiid at all. Um, and once again, like, we've now mentioned this a lot, but uh, the ideal version of Simmons is certainly like Draymond Green light, prime Draymond Green light. And we still have Draymond Green on the Warriors, so can we afford to have two Draymonds on the court at the same time? I don't think so. Like, Steph and Clay are the best shooters of all time, but even their spacing would suffer with both Ben Simmons and Draymond on the floor. I don't know if that works. Yeah, I don't think so either. Because, like, you know, we mentioned with the Kings, those guys would immediately contribute to winning, whereas you'd have to give 
any of those the, the talent you get back from the Warriors, like Bob, maybe Wiggins, a yeah. couple of years, and then you know what's going to be looking like by then. So yeah, yeah, exactly. It's got to complement with what they have right now. Yeah. So the final team that we want to discuss in terms of Ben Simmons trades is the Grizzlies. So I think I might pass this one on to James. Bit of a Grizzlies fan, a big time Grizzlies follower. What do you think? Yeah, probably do watch a lot more Grizzlies basketball than, than a fair few people. I think that um, they've the thing that the Grizzlies are missing and have been trying to sort of find ever since they drafted Jar and, and Triple J is that, you know, classic wing that all the successful teams have that can score like game, plays defense bit of playmaking, and I, I guess that there's interest that potentially they can turn Simmons into that um, because if they think that Jar and Jar are the future, they are sort of tooling around trying to find fits to that team. And the Grizzlies have, like, a lot of good young players, um, but maybe not no one on the level of, like, someone like Heald. I mean, I guess Brooks, but they're not going to – he's not on Heald's level, and they're not going to um, – probably part ways with him yet because I think the Grizzlies think that he might be part of the future as well. So the Grizzlies is interesting because they feel like Philly could get a lot of really good players back, but they, again, wouldn't be contributing immediately to winning right now. So potentially, and in a similar fashion, the Hawks, the Grizzlies could be like the third team in a trade that helps, you know, reroute players to another team and then like Philly get back the star that they need just because they won't take on those young players at the moment because they won't contribute to immediately competing, which they need to with Embiid. So I think that there's enough people there for a trade, but I don't think that Philly are, you know, demanding, you know, X, Y, Z players because they're not going to get Jaron. They're not going to get Jaron. I don't think anyone else really moves the needle for them. Yeah. I think it's a pretty fair assessment. Um, so I guess overall, we've kind of run through how many now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine teams. And two of them fit. <laughs> so Portland and Sacramento, get going. Get Ben Simmons. Let's have some off-season fun. This has been since dry. It's, dry it's yeah. been a little bit dry. So we need some content. We need that sweet, sweet content so we can keep, keep making this podcast. All right. We're going to head to a quick break. And we'll be, we'll be back with some more news. Okay, we're back with some big news out of Cleveland from a few days ago. Taco Fall, new, a brand new Cleveland Cavalier. Very, very uninteresting, if we're being honest. But I think hopefully he gets to play. I actually would... Love to see a bit more Taco Fall, even though obviously he has his he has his flaws in his game that limit him from being able to play more than five minutes, or is just like a spot threat where he kind of just turns up and scares the crap out of the other team. Um, but something I did see online, which I thought was quite funny, was Cleveland's new big lineup. If they hypothetically wanted to run this, you could have uh, Evan Mobley. I think he's is he seven foot six eleven seven foot maybe. Yeah, Jared Allen. Seven. I think everyone everyone in this list is essentially 6'10 or 6'11 and above. Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Taco Fall, who's 7'18, you know, he's fucking tall. Uh, Larry Markinen and Kevin Love. That would be a fun lineup. They should do it. They have nothing to lose. They they literally <laughs> want to lose. So <laughs> there is no reason yeah, not to. Lose. <laughs> they they should run that one and see how they go. Um, in other big, big man news, we have DeAndre Jordan. This morning, he was traded to the Pistons. Uh, John Jordan and four second-rounders were traded to the Pistons for Jalil Okafor and Sekou Domboya. 
which I think has all of us kind of scratching our heads because it doesn't make sense for anyone really. Uh, I guess for the Nets because they've kind of it is an upgrade. Do you reckon? What do you think, James? Oka four. Um, didn't really watch enough Pistons last year. Um, As to really comment. No yeah, look, I'm not sure if I'd be alone there. Yeah. Um, I don't think that either of them will really see much minutes. Like DJ didn't really hit the court last year anyway. Towards yeah. the end, I don't know if like Brooklyn ran a pretty tight rotation, obviously given the injuries, but. I think they still will. So um, it's an upgrade in the sense that there's probably more upside in who they got back because you, you know what you're getting with Yonder at this point. But I don't think that this is a major move for no either team. I don't. Yeah, I doubt Okafor plays. Sekou Domboya, I guess flashes have been seen, but given they've just also signed Paul Millsap, re-signed Marcus Aldridge as well, it doesn't really seem like there's a much there's much of a spot for him to crack into the rotation there. And I guess the more exciting, probably less exciting for us, but the other part of the new story is that it's become clear that DeAndre Jordan would like to sign with the Lakers, and there's probably some mutual interest there. Joey, I want to grab your immediate thoughts on this, because I know how I feel. But, Joey, do you want to go first? On DeAndre Jordan? Yes, to the Lakers. Um, unnecessary. <laughs> and we're probably likely going to have to cut Marcus Sol to get him in. Can we have him back? <laughs> 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 Honestly, for the good of Marcus Gasol, I would be very happy if he goes back to the Raptors because we've done we've done him dirty. If Please. I'm being honest, he's kind of been coming in and out of the rotation. We got he got cut once um, Andre Drummond came in, and I much prefer Marcus Gasol in all honesty, um, and I much prefer him to DeAndre Jordan. I don't think DeAndre offers very much at this point. Uh, maybe he's like a pro- Javale replacement kind of. Yeah, but Javale's better. <laughs> you know better. what I mean. It, JaVale's better, like, I feel like noticeably better, and that's kind of awkward at this point. Um, so if, like, JaVale McGee is significantly better than you, you probably, you shouldn't be in a rotation. And given, I think on a previous episode we talked about this, but the Lakers have, like, 12, 13 players that could, um, this, like, they, they deserve NBA minutes, right? Pretty much everyone in their roster deserves some minutes to some that's extent, nice. right? Yeah, hey. Um <laughs> But like adding Jojo Jordan, like it just makes no sense. I'd rather just go small ball and run AD at the five more, and whenever we do need a proper five, play Dwight Howard or play Marcus Ole instead of Keontae Jordan. Like it no, makes no sense. He could be getting minutes, hopefully not. Yeah. Oh, but if you're signing him now, like what's he there for? But four minutes, you know, like he's not exactly like he's a vet, but he he doesn't he's not in the same um, vein as like a Rondo who comes in to be. I think the idea with Rondo this year anyway is to be more of a coach than any, like a player coach. I expect him to mm. see far fewer minutes. We have a lot of guards. Like um, at the moment in all of the like hypothetical rotations that I've seen, like Kendrick Nunn doesn't even cop like cop minutes. And it's like, he's a decent player. He's not a great player, but he's a decent player um, that at this point offers far more shooting than Rondo anyway. Um, not on the same level of playmaking, of course, but I think the idea is to have him, kind of replace what we've lost in Jared Dudley in terms of a locker room presence and a bit of leadership and someone who can call out LeBron when he thinks he's being lazy and just that has a presence about him um, and someone that is familiar with the organization. So, yeah, and DeAndre Jordan doesn't really fit any of those roles whatsoever. I I don't know. He could be a whiz, but I don't see him in film room being like, LeBron, where were you there? Where's that help defense? You know, yeah. I, I don't know. an older man. Yeah, yeah. I saw a stat this week saying we have like six of the 12 oldest players in the league on our roster. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so, not great, but we have enough. I, I, I'm, I'm not too concerned. Let's not turn this into a complete Lakers tangent, <laughs> but yeah. Um, for our final segment for this week's podcast, out, uh, our down under draft. This week we're going to be drafting our favourite cereals. I think a much-awaited topic, one that we're very keen to tackle and discuss. Um, since last week I went last, we're going to switch it around a little bit. I'm going to go first, then we're going to have James, and Joe is going to be third. And as always, we're going to snake the draft. So we're going to go, um, Joey gets the fourth pick, and I, uh, Joey will get the fourth, James will get the fifth, I'll get the sixth. And without further ado, I, I didn't expect to get the first pick. I was preparing to go third and fourth, but... I'm very excited to take with my very first pick, Cocoa Pops Checks. <laughs> my favorite cereal. You're kidding. No. no. Wait, is that like a you're kidding as in that, that sucks? Like, no, that was like my top. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's the goat. It's the goat cereal. Nothing more can be said. It is has the perfect texture. You know, it's got that chocolate flavor. You get your, you get your chocolate milk. Man, I want a bowl right now. I'm sad I don't have any at home. What else can I say? Oh, my God. That's what not that? take. Like it's just fair. <laughs> it's it's actually like perfect. It's the perfect cereal. Oh, shattered. It's like a little uh, pillow of goodness. It is, and it's such an upgrade over the original. Yeah. Uh, All right, James, off you go. I'm sorry to throw a spanner in the works there you, with your. Yeah, with your but I should have been prepared. It was coming at some stage. Um, <laughs> my life cereal. Okay, fair. I write that. And to not to differentiate, not the duo, just just regular Milo. <laughs> I've cereal. actually got a note in my draft board. It's Milo dash duo is shit. <laughs> exactly. So, duo is shit. <laughs> I had to get that out there in case anyone's thinking, oh no, it's duo. No, it's just regular Milo cereal. Yeah, I don't think I duo so wrong. It actually tastes. Sounds like compliment. It's yuck. It's, <laughs> it's like um. I don't know. If I had a bowl of Milo Duo, I would actually go to the point where I'd take out all the vanilla supposed bits and just have the Milo. It would just be Milo cereal. It, it's a waste. It's a yeah, waste. I, d- I did that once, and my brother was so mad because he went to go and get a bowl the next day, and it was all the white ones. <laughs> <laughs> Six years ago, it was like five years ago. <laughs> oh, so Tough one. All right, Joey. Um, just to confirm, we're going five deep on this draft, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yep. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to be taking Crunchy Nut Cornflake. Damn. First pick. I love Crunchy Nut. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, great texture. Tastes good. Could have bowls of it in one yeah. sitting. <laughs> um, also, for the listeners, we may, I don't know, depending on how this kind of flows, but we were thinking that maybe we go for the most balanced assortment of cereal. So, you know, We've all kind of gone with the sweet and um, the best tasting cereal so far, but we may also try and hit in with, with a nice balance of healthy cereals as well. So we have a nice balanced breakfast amongst Maybe. our... Maybe. There is such a thing. We'll see how we go. We'll see how it all goes. All right. So... Board again, Joe. Yeah. So fourth pick, second round, I'm going to go Sultana brand. Pretty fair. Yeah. No, nah, I think Sultana brand's pretty trash, to be honest. Really? <laughs> Great uh, I don't know, like compared to what stuff's left, but if we are going balanced, you know. Well, I just I don't know. It, I have good taste buds, and I. Like I think it's I think it's a nice balance of being healthy and also tasting quite nice. It's true. It's not too far to the other side, but yeah. like I just think that there's. Uh, there's better better options. 
yeah, yeah. he says as he's about to probably take something people will disagree with. Um, mm, now, this this is controversial, and if you haven't had it, you won't understand. But I'm going Frosties. <laughs> second pick. <laughs> we were talking about this. Yeah, when you said like, has anyone had Frosties? I'd just stay quiet. It's, a yeah. le- it's just elite cornflakes. Just cornflakes oh. covered in sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, is it similar to Crunchy Nut? Um, much more unhealthy. It's straight up like sugar cornflakes. Like they're all okay. just like coated sugar. Like they're like real sticky. Like um, you know, like Honey Joys. Yeah, yeah. It's like eating that. But like, so <laughs> you, you have milk, right? Like, it's not like, yeah, yeah, no, you just, it's not just straight okay. munching into a bowl of honey joys. Now, it's not about not that. Oh, okay. I am gonna first pick, uh, sorry, second pick, my first pick of this little set, Nutrigrain. I think <sighs> I do quite enjoy a bowl of Nutrigrain. Got some at the moment. I had that I, right up there, yeah, the vanilla malt one for those listeners out there. Don't recommend. Prefer regular Nutrigrain by far. <laughs> Just yep. a little piece. I've the vanilla malt, so... It's, like, inspired by oak. You know that drink? Oh, yeah. Um, what do I do now? I think I'm going to go... Wheat Bix. Regular Wheat Bix. Okay? Yeah. I think... Joey's making a face. That looks slanderous. I, I, I rate it. Cool. <laughs> you rate it? Okay, all right. Fair enough. I was going to do um, Wheat Bix next. I love Wheat Bix. Yeah, I think because you can always, you know, drizzle a bit of honey in there or something. I have a friend who eats cereal dry. Oh. <laughs> he, he just has straight up Weebix. Um, but yeah, I mean, each each their own. Um, can you like choke from that? I reckon you like <laughs> you can, but he he survives. He's a smart boy. He he makes his way around having dry Weebix. But yeah, that's my pick. Damn. What's your um best favorite combo on the Weebix? I honestly just go like Weebix and milk. Not really. Yeah, yeah, I just go pretty standard. But it's it's all about eating it before it gets too soggy. Oh, yeah, 100%. The right – you can't be too dry either because otherwise then you, like we were saying, you choke. So you've got to have it, like, slightly, <laughs> slightly moist and, like, soggy, like, not too oh. far. It's hard because it, it, it can quickly go the other way and then they're soggy and yeah. it ruins it. Yeah. Well, that's my pick. Um, James, off you go. Okay. Um Look, I'm just throwing health out the window here because I'm now really hungry and I'm just picking this as what I would take if it was right in front of me. And I'm they have gotten worse over time, probably because people complained about their children getting cavities, but I'm going Fruit Loops. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Oh, God. Look, not a fan. It's just like artificial, like, colouring. and. Okay, can I explain? I did a backstory. So I used to, we used to go away with my family. And like when we were real kids, I uh, go to the beach and we used to get like, I'm not sure if you remember that Kellogg's used to have like the six pack of like um, small oh, like different types of each one, right? Yeah. And like, um, this is how I discovered Frosties because it was one of them and no one wanted them originally because it's like, oh, it's cornflakes. No, like we were mistaken. But Fruit Loops used to always go first. And like, um, it's hard to explain, but essentially I, like, it was pretty much a race to who could get it that morning. Um, yeah. and Fruit Loops was always, like, number one, because it used to be better back then, from memory, they had, like, different colour ones and stuff, now it's pretty, apparently, like, there's not that many colours and stuff, hey, so. Do you still love Fruit Loops, or is this, like, a, I, I love... A nostalgic pick, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, it's a bit of a nostalgic pick, but I had to take it in case that one of you guys were, was eyeing it off. But I promised you I was never going to take fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to put salt in the wound, but <laughs> but uh, fair. No, I, I respect. I respect. It's a sentimental pick. It is. A sentimental yeah, 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 yeah. No, we like that. Okay, Joe, you got two. Okay, um, this one's a little bit niche. It's called Jordans. That's the brand, and they're called Jordans Clusters, and it's oh, basically, yeah. I'd say it. It's kind of like um oat clusters with fruit dried fruit in them yeah they're yeah. delicious i don't know if you guys have had i have it with yogurt it's nice yeah with yogurt they're so versatile as well i love having yeah. yogurt and then throwing some blueberries oh um mate, that is healthy that is that is yeah. a nice pick <laughs> healthy, um healthy cereals i reckon now that i'm a health charge yeah i've realized just by you mentioning that you've kind of exposed me because i've only gone for things that go with milk <laughs> but that's that's a great pick by you. That's a really really great pick. Yeah. Um, do I have the? This is my fourth yep. pick now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. Now I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go back on my word again. <laughs> <laughs> go with a bit of sugar. Um, the Nesquik chocolate balls. I'm not sure. If yes. Yeah. Fire. Absolute I fire. Balls of those. That they were great. Do they still make those? I'm not sure. I don't think so. They do. They were on. I was looking at them before. They're they were on Woolies websites. Yep. Well, I didn't see them. Well, yeah. if there was never Milo cereal, that's what you're reaching yeah, for I, next. Yeah, it's basically yeah. Milo cereal. Yeah. Mm, okay. Okay. This is a bit of like a. I'm going Vitabrits. They just rip off Wheat Bix, but oh, that's just what my family always had in the cupboard instead of Wheat Bix. Yeah. So they were never going to get stolen but um <laughs> that's you all gone with Wheat bites. well i've never had them so oh, okay fair enough can't comment but i i know that vita brits you know does the job yep very fair Wouldn't need it dry though <laughs> no um see i'm in a bit of a bit of a crossroads here because i have multiple options because these are my last two picks aren't they they are um I think my first one, at risk of already having Cocoa Pops on the board, I'm going to take, am I allowed to take the regular Cocoa Pops here? You can. I will go for that then. Isn't it the exact same thing, just in a different shape? No, we should have have, uh, prefaced this at the start, but it was was come down to whether the shape is different. Uh, Joey, (laughs) that's a bit novice from you, because Cocoa Pops are like pillows. (laughs) And normal cocoa pops are like I'm not rice bubble shape. I didn't eat the what are they called? Learn the, the cereals. The, the, I, the, I, checks, I, the checks are like little cross section. Yeah, they are pillows. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get some checks um, in your bowl. They're so good. <laughs> they are. They are the goat. All right. So I will take cocoa pops first. Then. Yeah. Sorry. We should have prefaced that definitely before we did this off air. We discussed the shape <laughs> criteria <laughs> of cereal. So we. I don't know if you guys are having a fun day today, but we definitely enjoyed talking about cereal shape for five minutes. <laughs> definitely necessary. Okay, my final pick. Oh, do I go healthy or do I go... Um, okay, I'm going to go Special K. Nice. A bit of health. A bit of health. That's like a shit Jordan's clusters, but it's still good. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, way to prop yourself up <laughs> and put me down in the, the throw it in there. In the, in the bin. <laughs> I see that from you, Joey. Very strategical. I don't like it. We don't appreciate that on the pod. All right, James, where are you sitting? 
taking uh, honey Cheerios. Oh. Yeah. Respectable. I like it. An uninspired pick, but I enjoy them. Yeah. It, it is my fifth pick. I'm, I'm like, you know, if all the others were sold out, I'd happily reach for them. Once once you go, Joey, I want to reveal my what I was tossing up Cocoa Pops. No, sorry, not some Cocoa Pops. Special K with. It'll be interesting because I've never actually had it, but I saw it when we were doing our research before. Okay. I wonder to see if any of you guys have had it or if you like it. I think I know anyway. what you're going to say. Oh, okay. All right. Um, my last pick, I'm going to go. I'm not sure if you guys are going to know this one. They're called Fruity Bites. Ooh. It's kind of like this. They're like little wheat things with like fruit, not actual fruit. Fruit oh, flavor inside them. Yeah, though they're good. They're oh, good. they're like the pillows. It's like apricots. Yeah, they're like pillows. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And there's like apricot flavor, berry flavor. You, I, I used to eat them dry as well. Like, they're just great. And I just like can't wake up in the morning and have like sugary things. So that's why I've kind of gone the fruit route here. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, fair. I forgot about those. Yeah. I don't know if they sell them anymore. I don't think so. All right. Um, well, the one I was thinking of is Kellogg's Crisp Picks Honey Pillows. If that's... They're like... That's they look, you do. Oh, they look a lot like the Czechs, which is why I thought I might like them, but I don't remember actually ever having them. The Honey version. Yeah, yeah I've had, they I've look had like, them. They look like they're Honey Czechs. Yeah. Good. Yeah, okay. But, but like Cocoa Puffs Czechs are better. But they're, they, they hold up. They're not disappointing. Yeah. Joey, I, they do still sell Fruity Bites. Kind of want some they now. They do. Uh-uh. <laughs> $5.50 a box. Um, so what we're going to do is we'll, we're going to post um, a summary, which we posted last week's draft summary as well on our Instagram. So feel free to comment and debate about which uh, starting five of cereals you prefer the most. I guess we're going we're gonna to have a quick chat about that now. Who do you think won, boys? Myself. Yourself? <laughs> yeah. That's you interesting because I think I won too. So I mean, if I had to just play you two, I think this isn't going to be a very constructive conversation, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> Too many egos in the room. I think Curtis actually won because he got both Cocoa Pops. So. Oh, thank you. I, I, I did appreciate the diversity of Joey's picks because half of them I didn't have on my board at all. And I think, this, well, the problem with yours, James, is because I've never had Frosties and was never a fan of Fruit Loops. And I also did get the superior Weepix versus Vitabrits. Well, like, it, it is just good. filling your bowl with sugar, but... Yeah. <laughs> there was a point in my ta- point in my life where I really enjoyed that. So <laughs> <laughs> nah, fair, fair, fair job, boys. Really good drafting. Yep. Um so yeah, as I said before, we'll post this all onto Instagram later this week. Um comment if you guys have any thoughts on that. And if you have any other suggestions for draft topics and uh, or anything that you'd like us to discuss, as always, you got to uh, pill uh, sorry, please feel free to drop us a comment or DM via Instagram, which is the up and down under underscore pod. You can email us at the up and down under pod at gmail.com or you can reach out to our Twitter, which is at T U A D U P. Um, yeah, so I think that's pretty much going to do us for today, boys. How are we feeling? Good. Kind of feel like going to, you know, eat some cereal now. So I might go do that. Yeah. <laughs> We've got like four boxes of Jordan clusters downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one. Are you sponsored? <laughs> yeah, we, we are not sponsored, but we would love to be sponsored by Jordan's clusters. Thank you. And or Cocoa Pops checks, please. I'm gonna head to the shop soon. 
in Boston. Go, go, Pops, Jerks. I miss that. All right. So thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into our third episode of the Up and Down Under Pod. Please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, which we are now on Apple Podcasts. So always, please feel free to head there and give us a rating. We'd really, really appreciate that. Uh, we're also on Spotify and a bunch of other platforms. And also, if you liked what you heard today, please subscribe to our feed and recommend your podcast to your friends. If you have any suggestions, feel free to get in contact with us, as we said before, through our Instagram, Twitter, email. And we will see you next week as we discuss what our favorite types of clouds are. Shout see out, Cumulonimbus. Nimbus.